0: Thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for another opportunity to enjoy your word, to hear your word, to listen to you for you to energize our spirit and deposit something into us again today. Father, we receive utterance and we receive hearing, we receive speaking in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Uh, Amen. So, is there anyone that wants to give us a quick recap of last week? Anyone? We spoke about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we ended with um, four types of power, Um, exousia, dynamis, kratos, and iskus, where exousia is the power we get from being born again. Dynamis is the power we get when we first get filled with the Holy Ghost, Uh, kratos. Speaks of the overwhelming power of God. The resurrection power. And Iskro speaks of God's staying and holding power. And one way to uh, always understand is that. One way to always remember this four. Is that Exousia and Dunamis. they They are the kind of power we get from specific events so you get born again that's exousia you start speaking in tongues that is dynamis but kratos and iskus they are higher forms of the first two so while exousia is the power that you get from being born again iskus is god staying god's holding power so that's the power that maintains you and if you remember i mentioned that you the Ghost, the third kind of Holy Ghost baptism, the third level is where you do it consistently and you get refills and you get refills of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, in that sense, iscus is, is is when you by reason of constant practice and doing you engage with God's staying, God's holding power, and that is superior to. To the initial experience of getting born again, that which is where many people are. Many people get born again. Exusia, that first level, exusia works in their lives, by which they are children of God, but they never move to a higher level of that same power, which is the which is the holding, staying power of God, the power that possesses you. The same way, Dunamis is the power that comes on you by reason of Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And then Kratos is the overwhelming resurrection power of God. That is also so. Kratos is basically the higher expression of dynamis, so where dunamis might be for a moment you pray hard, you, like I said last week, you, you have a meeting and you pray for three straight days fasting and praying for three straight days you will generate enough dunamis for that meeting, whereas to generate kratos, you would have to do that which you are doing consistently over a period of time before that level of power be- is made available unto you but yeah, so that's a little summary of last week. So this week, we are continuing in, in our journey through the foundational principles of our faith. Um, Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, our anchor scripture from verse 1, Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 1, says therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, we've done that the doctrine of baptism we've done the types of baptism and today we are doing laying on of hands we'll take them one by one like that until today we finish So, the doctrine of laying on of hands, and the first scripture I'm going to read in that regard, is 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. It says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Um my other favorite version I'll read two versions actually the passion translation says don't minimize the powerful gifts that operates in your life that means that already tells us that it is possible to minimize the powerful gift that is at work in us and it ties in with what I told us last week that even though you have all the power of the Holy Ghost it's not going to keep work, it's not going to work in your life unless you engage that power. And the Lord Jesus demonstrated this to the disciples. The Lord said, Let us go over to the other side. It was the Lord that initiated their going over to the other side. And when they got into this boat, they sl- the, the Lord Jesus slept. And then the wind arose. And he was bashing them left and right. But amazingly, as much as the wind was bashing them, they, the Lord did not wake up. Because that sleep he was sleeping was not ordinary sleep. He was gone in the spirit. It was, he and the Holy Ghost were having communion. And the disciples they were here bashing their heads and their bodies against the boat. But you realize that even though... The Lord Jesus was with them. He did nothing until somebody went to him and said, Master, don't you care that we are perishing. The truth of the matter is, as long as the Lord Jesus was in that boat, they were not going to perish. They were all eventually going to get to the other side. But the condition in which they will get to the other side is another matter entirely. Some of them would have headaches from bashing their head against the ship some of them will be puking some of them will be vomiting some of them will become seasick from all the bashing of the wind and all that they will eventually still get there so the illustration for us is that as children of God the fact that we are born again means that we God is in the boat of our lives and if we keep our salvation we will get home we eventually get to heaven but the issue is your engagement of the god in you will determine the condition at which you will get home will you get home as a victor will you get to my son that's conquered will you get home as so as will you get home and the lord jesus is standing you remember the story of of stephen while they were while when he was done rebuking all the scientrians and the Pharisees by the Holy Ghost, he looked up and he saw the Lord Jesus standing. The Lord Jesus was standing because the Lord knew that Stephen was about to die. The Lord was giving Stephen a standing ovation when the man was still on her, knowing fully well that he was on his way up. So the question is, how do we want to get home? Are we get going? Are we planning to get home? And the Lord is standing like he stood for Stephen or or we want to get or or we want to get home as one that passed through fire where all your works are burned but you yourself you made it the fact that you are born again means you will make it but the question is how do you want to get home and one of the ways to ensure you get home in the right shape with your rewards waiting and the Lord Jesus impressed is that you engage the powerful gift that operates in you so that first Timothy four fourteen says, "Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life." There is you can there are two ways you interpret that: minimizing in terms of the Holy Spirit being a gift himself, and minimizing in terms of the gifts of the Spirit and every other workings of the Spirit in your life. So he says. Um, don't minimize the powerful gift that praise in your life, for it was impacted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders, and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. So the first thing that laying on of hands does, according to this scripture, is that it 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 impacts it impacts, and there are about three points I will make about laying on of hands, and then we will go to something else. The first thing i'm going to say this evening is that the key principle of laying on of hands is transference through contact that's the four, that's the basic principle of laying on of hands laying on of hands is transference through contact and the second thing is that That the second statement that I don't want you to forget the first one is that the key principle of laying on of hand is transference through contact. The second statement is that allowing contact is you giving permission. When you allow that, when you allow contact, the fact that you allow that contact is you giving permission for what is coming next. So basically that that you allow yourself hands to be laid over you that you allow somebody to put their hands on your head for whatever reason is 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 that is, that means you are giving approval for whatever is being transmitted to be deposited upon your life and it's such a powerful st- you know you know the the matter of permission is is a core spiritual principle. For example, now the difference between legal sexual contact and rape, by law, the difference is permission. You see all those all those uh, campaigns all over that no means no, when 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 they say stop, you stop. All kind of thing. The difference between going to jail and 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 whatever the law classes as legal in that regard is permission. If you if you go to somebody's house and you say, um oh, um you have this lovely thing can I borrow it? The person will say, the person can decide to either lend you or not lend you. If the person lends you permission, if you break through their window and steal it because you love it, that is stealing. You have broken the law. You will go to jail for that one. So permission is a critical thing especially in the spirit realm the spirit realm is a realm of permissions and you must know that you can give permission knowingly or you can give permission unknowingly so when you 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 when you make yourself um when you make yourself permissible when you have given your consent when you have given your permission then you expose yourself to a power that is capable of subjugating your will. And then what now happens is that you may now require a greater power to bail you out of the, the of what you have subjected yourself onto. It is like, you know, on this issue of permission, a servant of God was preaching one day and gave the story of, of a, a pregnant woman you know um the no let me not use that example the the spirit realm is such that the the, the scripture says that no cause that is causeless would rest so if somebody causes you without a reason it's not going to stand so one of the things that is done in the spirit realm is that they always look for a reason to have occasion against you <clears throat> And one of the classic examples that I have heard and that I have heard is that all these, you know, um, herbalists, local power, all these herbalists like that, all these witches and all those people, let's say they want a tree to die. They want a tree to die and they want to cause the tree. They don't just walk to the tree and say, Tree, I curse you by my power, die. The tree is not going to die. Because there's nothing that there's nothing that connects them to the tree. So what they do is they go and cook food. They cook a nice meal. You know, uh, There maybe some baked beans or whatever. They they, they put some food together. And then they take it to the tree and put it at the base of the tree and say, Oh tree, please be kind to me. Watch after my food. I will come back and take my food in two days. The question is, will that food be there in two days? Obviously not. But they but but because they are looking for occasion against against the, the, the tree they say please look after my food I'll come back or they say I'll come back for it in the evening and so anytime they finally come back or they say I'll come back for it in one week. Anyway, bottom line is when they by the time they finally come back, either some animal, some goats or some sheep are eaten the food or somebody has kicked the food, or somebody has done something to the food, basically the food will not be in the same shape as when they brought it. And then they will say, oh, you this tree. Or sometimes to make it worse, they might even sweep around the tree. So they sweep around the tree, and then they put their food. And then when they come back and the food is gone, they say, oh, you tree, I was kind to you. I swept all your rotten leaves, I did all of this, and now I said, please look after my food, but you didn't look after my food. And then they say, because you did not look after my food, X, Y, and Z would happen to you. When Jesus and his disciples were walking past the fig tree, Jesus, the Lord Jesus did not just cause the fig tree, the Lord Jesus first. When there the Bible says he went there looking for fruit and when he saw none. So the occasion for the Lord to cause the tree was the fact that the tree did not produce. If the Lord was if the Lord was not expecting any any fruit from that tree, he would not have had occasion to cause the tree. Although the deeper meaning of that was the fact that he was on his way to where he was going to die. So it was, that was him causing the effort of man because in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said they sowed fig leaves to cover themselves. That was the effort of man. Whereas when the father came, he killed the lamb. So this this Jesus Christ being the lamb was headed to Golgotha. That was along his route to Golgotha. And the fig tree, which was useless in the days of the first Adam, also proved useless in the days of Jesus. So Jesus cursed it. Jesus placed the curse on the effort of my body. The point is the Lord just had a reason before he placed the curse on the tree. So what the spirit realm is always looks for is a reason to implement things in our lives, and we if we, and we have to be careful. The, this principle of laying on of hand is serious because you can knowingly or unknowingly collect things. Uh, I think it was dad that, that gave this. Uh, yeah, it was that that gave the example of somebody that invited a guest minister to their church. And when the guest minister was going, he said, when the guest minister was finishing his ministration, he said, Oh, anybody that wants the anointing, come forward, come forward, come forward. So people ran forward and this guest minister laid hands on all of them. And after about a few weeks, they found out that everybody that the guest minister laid hands on, was going around misbehaving, men and women, everybody, they were just misbehaving, sleeping with other people and all of that. And then it was later they found out that it was because of the laying on of hands of that guest minister that he impacted the spirit of fornication and adultery on all the people he laid hands on. Those people, when they were going for laying on of hands, they were probably expecting the gift of healing or the gift of working of miracles. What they got was the spirit of fornication and adultery. And that is to tell us that laying none of hands can result in the good, in the godly, can also result in the bad, the evil, the satanic, the demonic. And that is why we have to be very careful. So, like I said, when you make yourself permissible, you expose yourself to a power that is that sub that can subjugate your will. And then now you will require a greater power to bail you out. For example, uh le- let's let me no, let me leave the example. If you if you do something, for example, if you do something that creates an altar for a demon. Whether you do it knowingly or unknowingly, it doesn't matter. Once you have done it, the demon will turn up. There is a reason, maybe at least in the movies, we would have seen how uh, how all these shrines look. Like. <laughs> Has any of us ever seen a shrine that is in the city center before? Have you seen it before? Has anybody seen it before? No, sir. Have you seen have you seen uh a shrine in 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 Victoria Island or Lekki before in the middle no, of the, the expensive place have you seen it before No sir why not <laughs> The reason you won't find a shrine in that place is the, the the there has to be a construct that that is able to host that spirit and so that construct is not found in those places. That's why you find those powerful evil men in some bush somewhere, in some village somewhere. Because they need to be close to nature. They need to be close to finding specific leaves, specific deeds. Basically, they need to be able to create an atmosphere for that spirit that they are, that is responsible for their power to rest upon them. It's the same, that principle is is a spiritual principle. It's not just a kingdom or a demonic principle. As a person, you have to create the condition for the Holy Spirit to rest and be at work in your life. So it is a spiritual principle, whether it is God whether it is whether it's God's side or the devil's side. There everyone always has to create that is why you fast, that is why you pray, that is why you give tithes, that's why you give your offerings, that is why you do all the godly things, that is why you 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 stay away from sin. Sin creates the condition for the devil to do what he wants to do. You know, the Lord Jesus said that the prince of this world came and hath nothing in me. He didn't say found nothing in me. He said he hath nothing in me. That means it is not a case of, of, oh, I had it, I got rid of it. It wasn't a case of I sinned, I repented. It was a case of it was not there in the first place. So Jesus didn't say he found nothing. Jesus said he hath nothing in me. So if you create an atmosphere where these um where demons can turn up. For example, Halloween. I know I keep banging this drum and I will keep banging it until Jesus comes. Where it, there are two sides. There is the, the, the way, the, the permission you give to something like Halloween by virtue of your disposition is not that bad. It's just kids dressing up, going from house to house, asking for sweets. Wonderful. But you know what? There is a quote by the pastor of the Church of Satan. He said he wants to thank all the, all the Christians for allowing their children to serve the devil at least one day in a year on halloween people will think he's joking but the man is not joking because what happens on halloween is that you know it's in i think it's october 31st or so october is a high watch month in the kingdom of witches so, men, while everybody is doing their own, October is when witches, when these high hand witches fast. So, they will start fasting from the 1st of October till October 31st. And on October 31st, while People are allowing their children to be going from house to house begging for sweets, dressed up like dead people. Halloween is called the day of the dead. Anyway, one of the things they do on the day on the day of the dead is that they sacrifice a human being. So while you are letting your children go up and down begging for sweets, trick or treats, trick or trick or treat or whatever they call it, the the people that know what they are doing on that day, they are somewhere sacrificing to the devil so when you if, when you partake in that and then the children come back and they are seeing ghosts and they are seeing demons what has happened is that by keeping their minds open to it you are opening a portal for the demons active that in that period of time to find their way into the lives of children and the, that, the crazy part is these demons might not even start manifesting immediately so it is some time down the line that the, the, the consequences of what you have done starts to show. And at that point, you might not, except the Holy Ghost reveals it to you, you might not even be able to connect the dots. So whether knowingly or unknowingly, we can create an atmosphere that condones the practices, that allows things that, that form the, the constituents of the altar, a demonic altar to be assembled in a place, and any time a place looks like it is constructed for a demon, that demon will find its way there. So we have to be careful. So for example now look at the Lord Jesus Christ. the Lord Jesus Christ was he, he opened himself willingly to the Holy Ghost. but once the Holy Ghost came in, the Holy Ghost took over the decision making. The Holy Ghost landed, the Bible says, and he led him into the wilderness. After that decision to allow the Holy Ghost in, the decision-making was no longer that of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says he got to his hometown, and, but he could not do many miracles there because of the unbelief, because the Holy, the Holy Ghost was not willing to do anything there, so he couldn't. You know, if Jesus had to choose his own fasting place... Maybe he would have chosen to rent a house in Capernaum and, and you know, just be doing his Holy Ghost um, speaking in tongues in, in a nice hotel like that, in a nice inn. Not the one where he was born in a manger. But it, it wasn't his decision. It was the Holy Ghost that dragged him into the wilderness. Dragged him into the wilderness. And they float together like that. So, like I said, it's all about permission. And that is the key thing with laying on of hands. The Holy Ghost will require our permission to act in our lives. Also, like I said, demons also need our permission. Maybe through sin. Maybe through a certain lifestyle. In some cases, maybe through a bloodline or whatever. And that permission now gives legal ground for for these spirits to the same way that permission gives the holy ghost legal grounds to operate in our lives. You are the one that opened your mouth to say Lord become my Lord and Savior. By saying become my Lord and Savior, you made your life permissive to the Holy Ghost. And also people can make their lives permissive to the demons by some other with because of some other reasons like that. Okay, the only the, the difference between the Holy Ghost and demons is that is that the holy ghost will rule your life as long as you agree for him to be lord and then the day you say holy ghost look um, i want my life back he it will, it will respectfully leave you alone but demons are not that respectful the demons have no respect once demons have taken over the, the, the first step they do is they look for a, a way to enter once they enter the next thing they do is that they take over and then they, they take your permit the permission you have given them, they take it and subjugate you. And one of the ways you notice that is that something that people could initially do or not do by their own will, suddenly their will is not strong enough. Once a person gets to that point where their will is no longer strong enough to stop them from doing certain things, the what that that is an indication that they now have a supervisor. A demonic supervisor has taken over. For example, people that become addicts, maybe the first day they tried drugs, uh they tried maybe they tried with one of their friends, it was no big deal. And then they decide, ah, oh, this drug nonsense is nonsense job, and they don't try it anymore. But then maybe maybe like three months later they came in contact with that same group of people, they tried the drugs again, like, okay. If they keep having that contact, initiating that the day will come that suddenly that man will realize that he does not have the will to not take drugs. Suddenly he wants to stop. Hmm. Or maybe it's alcohol or whatever it is. I, I, somebody was, I was speaking to someone recently. The person bought a house and i was ah congratulations and all that uh, so how did you buy, buy the house and the person bought the house from a woman and and i was saying oh uh what happened are they i was thinking oh maybe they you know the house was like a six bedroom apartment and and i was thinking oh are they selling because they want to downsize? You know, maybe they bought it when they had many children in the house. Now all the children are grown. And sometimes people feel like, oh, six bed is too much. Let's 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 sell the six bed and buy a two-bed and keep our money. That was that what happened? And then the person said no. So what happened? What happened was that the husband started drinking. And the man drank, 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 drank up until the point that his wife decided she was going to leave him. His children decided they were going to, they they didn't want him anymore. The man could, he had gotten to a point where he could not stop drinking. And it eventually cost him his marriage, eventually cost him his children, the house they bought together. I was thinking in my mind that This man can see that this house is going, is going, is going, is going, is going. Yet he couldn't do anything about it because it was way, because now he has a supervisor. The man, they they said, I think the man will come, will cry, will shout, will do this and this and that. Yet, when all is said and done, the woman will still be finding empty bottles in all the crevices of the house until she decided she had had enough. The marriage went down the drain, everything went down the drain, yet the man could not stop because now he was no longer in charge. There is a spirit that is now supervising them. That's why all these rehab things don't work. You Many people that you read that, they said they went to rehab, they went to rehab, give it time. They are going to go back. They are going to go because a supervisor is involved. So a man who has no understanding of permissions can host demons who are... The other, this is the other thing. A man that doesn't have an understanding of permission can also host demons that are not supposed to be there. That they have no legal grounds to be there. This is where many, where many children of God fail. Because you've, you know you have the blood of Jesus, you have the scriptures, you have everything. The devil has no legal rights to put certain things on you but because you do not fully understand that satan has no one, because you've not drawn the line between what is suffering for christ and oppression of the devil or because you do not fully understand the legalities of, of spiritual things the devil knows that he has no right but the devil camps there anyway Because he knows that you, the owner of the life, you don't understand what has been freely given to you. So the devil is both someone that takes advantage of the legal loopholes to oppress men, but he's also the greatest trespasser ever. So when he knows he doesn't have a right, then he's still going to come and try to trespass. And if you don't know what is yours, he will trespass and he will camp in a place where he should not be. So, anywhere in our lives where we where things like where things are not the way you should be, number one, you must evaluate, am I suffering for Christ? Or I'm suffering ignorance, or I'm suffering for sin, or I'm suffering for whatever. If any suffering that is not suffering for Christ, you must find a way to get out of it. If it is a sin, you repent. If it is demonic oppression, you rebuke that demon and get out of it. God will help us in Jesus' name. So Laying on of hands or allowing hands to be laid on you is there is a there's a similarity between that and you know and being get, and getting born again. There, there is number one, you first agree to for hands to be laid upon you the same way you first get but you you, you you agree in your heart that you need the savior, and then there is now the external act where you confess the Lord as your savior and you go and do water baptism. Similarly, after you have agreed in your heart that you want your an impartation, you want hands to be laid upon you, then you take the physical step of stepping outside for you for hands to be laid on you. For any whatever. once you do that, whatever happens next is based on your decision. You become solely responsible for whatever happens next, whether it is good, whether it is bad. And the third sentence that I don't want us to forget is that transference through laying on of hands can go either way. It can go both ways. You can be the one laying, on or laying hands on somebody physically, but spiritually speaking, you are the one receiving. Either, uh, this uh, example that always grates me, um, I think Tyler Perry turned up at St.D. Jackson's church one day. And after they gave him the mic and he had said all he wanted to say, he he, then he called TD Jakes out, told TD Jakes to kneel down. Tyler Perry laid hands on TD Jakes and was, I don't know what he was doing, what he thought he was doing. You know, sometimes you are the one laying hands on somebody physically, but spiritually you are the one receiving. (laughs) Somebody did something like that with uh, uh, Archbishop Bensini Daosa one time. He, he 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 told Baba to to he, he wanted to lay hands on Baba. You are the one that he was the one that tried laying hands. he was the one that failed. So so people be crossing their boundaries and, <laughs> and all that. But basically, transference can go either way. And I want us to quickly read um Numbers chapter twenty eight. Numbers chapter twenty. Sorry, Numbers twenty-seven, verse eighteen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay thy hands upon him. And then you, the 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 consequence of that laying on of hands, you will fi- you will now find it in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four, from verse nine. It says, and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. So you see, Joshua receiving the spirit of wisdom because Moses, prophet Moses, has laid hands on him. But then, the other way, if you go to First Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, it says. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of of other men's sins. Keep yourself pure. Another version says, Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily, and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. So, you notice that by laying hands on on someone, you can become a partaker of their sin, of their transgression. Imagine somebody that might be under judgment of God for whatever reason. You go and lay, lay hands on the person and you are... No, you don't do that. If you look at James 5. James five was talking of uh, is anybody sick amongst you? You will notice that in that passage they didn't say they said pour oil on their head, but they did not say lay hands on the person. Even though the Lord Jesus had commanded us to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When 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 this matter turned up in James chapter five they did it they didn't lay out verse 14 says anyone sick among you, let him call for the others of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with all the name of the lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the lord shall raise him up and if he had committed any sin they shall be forgiven because there was a sin matter underpinning this one they poured oil, but they did not lay hands on the person so we must be careful not to lay hands in fact never lay hands or never agree for hands to be laid upon you except the Holy ghost bears witness in your spirit that that contact should happen i'll say it again you must never lay hands on anybody and you must not allow anybody to lay hands on you unless there is a witness of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Okay. You know, um, another thing is that, you know, Hebrews 7:7 said the lesser is blessed by the greater. And the question is now, what happens when the lesser lays hands on the greater? You know, I was giving the example of Baba Adelso and all that. Sometimes because people don't understand who people are in spirit, they they want to lay hands on them to to impact what on them, it it, it is it is it shows in a, to an extent dishonor. It also shows to an extent lack of spiritual understanding. Because the greater or the lesser is not determined by name, is not determined by the size of the congregation is not decide this, uh, this the, the, the uh, determined by how many people gave that person cars on the on their birthday it is not is not determined by by how many people you can pull into a meeting it is determined the greater and the lesser is determined by spiritual stature and for example when i say spiritual stature i'm not only talking of spiritual stature in the holy ghost i'm talking of spiritual stature in 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 general context of everything spiritual, the Lord Jesus is the head of principalities and powers. That is what your Bible says. That means even though Jesus is holy, principalities are not holy. There is still ranking. One of the ways Jesus is greater than them is because Jesus is more powerful than them. So there is still a level of I don't, i I'm not respect. respect. There is a, le- one of the reasons that, that, you know, Romans 1, I think it's why I said that the Lord Jesus was declared the Son of God with power. One of the reasons that demons submit to the Lord Jesus is not just because they respect him. It is because he has proven that he's multiple times more powerful than they are. The spiritual, it is in the physical realm that we we do respect, respect, respect. In in the spiritual realm, people, it is in the kingdom of God that we do respect. In heaven, the saints have respect one to another and all that. But in terms of spiritual warfare, it it is by the might of the hand of God that all those principalities and powers will bow. It's like so. Imagine now a carnal Christian. It goes to lay hands on the witch doctor. What do you think would happen to someone like that? Who, who will be receiving what in that context? It is the it is this that kind of Christian that will end up receiving things from the witch doctor he laid hands on, because in terms of spiritual stature, the witch doctor. Is has more knowledge, has more understanding, has higher consecration. You know, I was telling us about how you won't find all these witch doctors in the middle of the city. You won't find them in Lagos. You won't find them in the center of London. You will find them in some God-forsaken place like that. It is a part of the reason is their level of consecration. The dev, I was discussing with a friend recently. Even the devil does not use on serious people you've seen all those the devil will ruin the life of unserious people but when the devil himself is looking for people to use to accompany people to partner with him he he, the devil himself will not use unserious people you've seen all these people that sing songs that people die i was showing my wife a video of the fact that people that i don't know this guy that did concert recently and hate people died before the concert he wore a shirt ...of a previous concert that happened in maybe, I think, 2005. He wore a shirt depicting that concert that happened in 2005 or so. In, and interestingly, in the concert of 2005... ...there was something similar happened and eight people died. This guy wears a shirt of that same concert... And then when he's doing his when he was doing his own concert last week yeah something similar happened eight people also died so but but the the issue is this guy can' sing if these people spend hours and hours I was listening to an interview of one of them and one of these secular artists will say that one of the ways she's able to sustain very high notes when she's singing, is that she she practices those high notes either when she's jogging or when she's on a treadmill. So she's on a treadmill doing the exercise, sweating like a crazy person. And that's when she's practicing the high notes so that she has the long capacity to pull it off. Yet when that person is done practicing like a madman like that, they will still go and sacrifice to the devil so he can help them. Yet now you see why the people. But Jesus said that the people of this world they are wise in their own generation and children of light. Children of light would would say, "Oh, I have Holy Ghost anointed. I'm not going to. I don't have to go through all that stress." Or you say, "Why should I pray for long? Why should I read my Bible? Like the Holy Ghost will teach me all things." sorry case. When you get outside and you are side by side with the apostles of darkness, you will realize that they are more powerful spiritually than you are, even though the Holy Ghost dwells inside you. Okay. Having said that, let me quickly list for us the kinds of impartations that can be received by laying on of hands. I've told us that you can, that laying on of hands can give godly things or demonic things. So let's never forget that. But quickly the things you can receive from laying on of hands. Number one is you can receive spiritual gifts. That's what we have in First Timothy that first Timothy 4:14, where Apostle Paul was reminding someone that don't don't the gift of the gifts that you receive by the laying on of hands. So you can you can pray for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Also, somebody that works in that gift can lay hands on your head and impart that gift on you and it starts to work upon you. When you know what you have received, that's what Peter and John were saying to the to lame the, uh, layman at the beautiful gate. Silver and gold we don't have, but what we have, we give you. Number one is the fact that they knew that they had it. They were thoroughly convinced that they had it. And a child of the of God must be thoroughly convinced of what he has, and whichever one you know you don't have, you ask for God to give you. When you receive something of God and it starts working, you must you, you should keep your eyes open to know when it is working, and also you must you must also ask for the practices that sustain and amplify that which you have been given. Somebody lays hands on you and say you will start to sin to the prophetic. And says, "May your prophetic eyes open in Jesus' name." Yes, your prophetic eyes open, but you must also learn that you must be grounded in Scripture so that you don't start to see prophecies that are not supposed to to be seen. (laughs) My my wife and I went to a a Benihin meeting at the beginning of the pandemic. So the first night he ministered, it was it was just a few minutes from our house. He ministered. So the second night we went but we didn't know that he had left and he 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 had to hurriedly leave because he stayed in florida or uh, the u.s was going to close the border so all the americans were quickly flying back home so that money left and then we didn't know he had left so we went to the meeting the next day waiting for him so but he didn't turn up and then one of these and then the the hosts in trying to compensate for the loss of Benin, so to say, invited one of these so-called prophets, one turned up. And and that's where we learned, can I prophesy <laughs> the blood of Jesus? So the guy would go to people and say, Oh, you live in this house. You have a dog. The name is the color of your door. This is the number of your dog. What is all of that nonsense? What is the use of the? I, I, what is the use of the color of my dog and the name of my dog and whether I have my dog or not? Is that what the Holy Ghost sent you to do? But that is what people do when they, are, number one, they are not fully grounded. In, in scriptures to show them the purpose of the gifts. We've studied this before. The, the ministry spiritual gifts are for the building up of the church, the edification of the saints. The, you telling me about my dog edifies me in no way except you reminded me that I forgot to feed the dog in the morning and that when I get too much, you feed the dog. That's all you have reminded me. But it has nothing to do with shifting my spiritual condition. But one of the things that that prophet said that annoyed me us the most was that he told a woman, he whispered into her ears a, a number of things we didn't hear. Then he now said it out loud that what he told her, she must not tell her husband, because the day she tells her husband is the day our home will end. And I was thinking, this is mad. If the if the husband was watching on live streaming, and then she gets home, and husband says, "What did the prophet say?" and the prophet and the woman says, "Well, if I tell you, that'll be the end of our home. Will the man not say, if you don't tell me, that is also the end of our home?" But that is what happens when people walk in when people are prophetic gifted, and I must say that the fact that you are prophetic gifted that the fact that you have any spiritual gift it is not proof that you are mature the The proof that you are mature is that you are able to handle the meat of scriptures. Apostle Paul was when he was dealing with the Corinthians, he was he was the one that told them that they are, they do not lack any spiritual gift. It was also the same one that told them are you people not carnal? You are here, you are you are collecting your father's wife, you are all of you are misbehaving. In fact, these Corinthians, with all the spiritual gifts they had, they will come to church and When it's time for communion, they didn't come with small cups. They came with huge cups. They drank communion until they were drunk. That was the problem. They were drinking communion as if they were in a beer parlour. Yet, the apostle Paul would also testify that these people lacked no spiritual gift. So the fact that you can tell us our plate number and the color of the dog in our house does not mean you have any spiritual maturity. It does it. It all it simply means is that the Holy Ghost has put a gift on your vessel. And that gift is a curse. Because when you get heaven, you are going to account to Jesus how you use the spiritual gift, how you use the gift of prophecy to sleep with other people's wives. How you use the gift. Let me let me just stop that. Number two. Healing. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. You see many examples of this where the Lord Jesus lays hands on 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 the on the sick and they recover. Mark sixteen verse seventeen and eighteen. And this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink a deadly thing to them, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Number three, laying hand on of hands. You can receive the Holy Spirit and you can receive other spirits. In, the, in, in Acts chapter 19, verse 6, you see hands being laid on people and them receiving the Holy Ghost. You also see that Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, that we read, where the hands were laid on, uh, Prophet Moses laid hands on Joshua and he received the spirit of wisdom. Another thing that you receive, another impartation you receive from laying on of hands is you can receive a commission. For example, in Acts chapter 13, verse 3, you see the Holy Ghost spoke separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. And then by the time you get to Acts, verse 3, the Bible says the, 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 the other uh ministers laid hands on them and sent them on their way. So they commissioned them officially and sent them on their way. Another thing that you receive from laying on of hands is blessings. You look at Genesis 41. Uh sorry, Genesis 48. I'm trying to rush now because of our time. Genesis 48, verse 14 says, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hand with for Manasseh was the firstborn. So if you keep reading, you see that this is Jacob now blessing Manasseh and Ephraim. So in laying on the laying on of hands, also can be for blessings. And also another one, the last one, is that lay none of hands can impact judgment. If you look at Leviticus chapter twenty four, verse fourteen. Leviticus twenty four fourteen says, Bring forth him that had cost without the camp, and let all that heard him lay their hands on his head, and let all the congregation stone him. So they will first lay hands on his head to as as witnesses you know that's where the old principle of two or three witnesses comes. sometimes the witnesses will lay hands on the head to to say yes we were there we heard him do that nonsense and then by that testimony they would stone the person same thing if you also look at exodus chapter 7 verse 4 he says but pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that i may lay my hand on egypt this is god himself laying hands on egypt and bring forth my armies and my people the children of israel out of the land of egypt with great judgment so god himself can lay hands to do judgment, and that's where we'll wrap it up for today but we are going to pray one prayer wherever you had this evening i just i want you to lay your hands on your head you By laying your hands on your head right now, your hand is an extension of the hands of the Lord Jesus. So I want you to lay your hands on your head and begin to transfer things to your whole life. You have two minutes. Just begin to pray wherever you are. Lay your hands on your head and, and begin to declare my hand is an extension of the hands of Jesus. And I transfer life to my family. I transfer grace to my family. I transfer promotion to my life. I transfer yeah, men, material souls to this church. In the name of Jesus. Two minutes. Just pray that prayer for yourself. Ribatosia cavanatosia prato shape. Oh Kaliba. My hand is an extension of the hands of the Lord Jesus. I transfer wealth, I transfer prosperity, I transfer grace, I transfer multiplication, transfer help us at every turn to my life, into my family, into this ministry, into the life of everyone on this uh, this Bible study this evening in the name of Jesus. Broške teli baratoski a van trasize naika, brado ke vele toski ridotosha bala boske veletosia, mai ko teli maadoke veli tareadoke a haiko Bele tarabadosia bana vanas. in Jesus name we pray. Father, we just thank you for this evening, thank you for your word, thank you for teaching us about the laying on of hands. Lord, we ask that you make our hands an extension of the hands of the Lord Jesus, that we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. We lay hands on men and they receive spiritual gifts of the Holy Ghost. Lord, our hands will be extensions of you in the name of Jesus. Everything we lay our hands upon will prosper. Every everything that we touch. It becomes consecrated for the use of the Lord, uh, that as we lay hands upon ourselves, as we lay hands on people that surround us, Holy Ghost, that you walk through our hands and transfer greater realities unto these people in Amen. the name of Jesus. Thank you. for So today, thank you forever. Man. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.